Hey family, welcome to the Grabbing My Sword podcast. Here we are honest about our mistakes, we are open about our journey, and we are looking to be transformed through the word of God. I pray that this podcast will bless your soul, and I pray that you will enjoy it. God bless you. What's up, what's up? Welcome back to Grabbing My sword podcast i am your host tavon uh before we start i just want to say a couple things first and foremost um sorry that it took so long to do another episode but actually my episode was completed i thought was completed yesterday but why in the world y'all was i sitting here (coughs) sitting here (coughs) snaps whoo sitting here doing the podcast and after 30 minutes apparently just stop recording i went on for another 30 minutes talking and did not even know that it has stopped so i was disappointed which is so crazy because i was talking about disappointment yesterday so that says a lot um about that experience but nonetheless i am excited to still be doing this and i am so thankful that uh people are supporting this and i just want to say thank you to all the supporters all those who left reviews uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It means a lot to me. It really motivated me to know that people are being blessed by this already. When you know, we're only in two episodes in, um, and if you have not watched the last two episodes or listened to the last two episodes, I should say, you need to go back and you need to go listen to those episodes, especially episode two, where we talked about it is okay to not be okay. Listen, I was vulnerable, and and I I don't have the video version of this up. I'm gonna start putting them on YouTube. But you can hear it in my voice. How I, I we cried, we we cried, we cried, we cried. We let out what was inside of us. That's what this podcast is for. It's to help us let out what is inside of us. I told you I'm a big person on mental health, and we're gonna stay in that spectrum for a little bit longer. Talking about mental health, but nonetheless, we cried, and it was everything that it needed to be and a a lot of people was blessed by it so i just want to say thank you once again to everybody that has supported me through these two episodes it means a lot and has motivated me and inspired me to continue to do this and it said it has brought a different passion uh to me but uh also oh you can't really see because it's on a video podcast i mean it's not a video podcast but uh i do sell merch I am clothing brand. Uh, if you are interested, follow me on Instagram. Tay up next with two E's. That's T A E E up next. Um, and DM me. We can get you some. I am merch. Uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and let's dive into it. Uh, I'm I'm going to do a little something different. I know I didn't give a lot of Bible verses last um, episode. But this is grabbing my sword, and we know that the sword is the word of the Lord. So I want us to have a foundation for this episode and and a foundational story, I should say, in this episode. So I want to go to First Kings chapter 19, y'all. First Kings chapter 19. I'm going to read the first 12 verses. And uh, we're, like I said, we're going to talk about disappointment. And somebody who, was, uh, who has a great story that focused on disappointment was no, none other than Elijah. So let's go to First Kings chapter 19. I'm going to read the first 12 verses, and then we're going to jump into it. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. 
Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left the servant there. Verse 4, and he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a tree and he prayed that his that he might die listen to that again y'all let's let's read that again and he prayed that he might die and said it is enough it is enough now lord take my life for i am no better than my fathers let me read that again it is enough for i am no better than my fathers then as he lay and slept under a tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coils and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down and laid, lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days, y'all, and 40 nights as far as the mountain of God. And there when he went into the cave and spent the night in that place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. Torn down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. So watch this last two verses, y'all. It's very important. Then he said, this is God speaking to Elijah. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord is not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, watches a small, still voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went and stood in the entrance of a cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Before we dive into this, let's just have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father God, we want to thank you and praise you for this day, Lord. I pray that I will be able to repeat what I did yesterday. I pray that this podcast will just bless us all. Have your way. Have your way over my life. And have your way with this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So, uh, what will we call this topic? Let's say... Let let getting past the disappointment. That's what it was yesterday. Getting past the disappointment. Listen, y'all. If uh you are a believer in Christ, if you are somebody who walks in the faith, um, you know that disappointment comes with faith. Having faith, faith, having faith is necessary for the kingdom of God. We know in the Bible that it says that faith. Um, that it is impossible to please God without faith. If you don't have faith, you cannot please God. We know in the Bible that it tells us that he who you must have faith in order to come near to God. 
faith is an essential step because if you don't believe that God is who God is God is who he says he is it will be hard for you to have a relationship with him because you're not really believing that he is who he says he is so how are you going to worship this God that you have no belief in so we understand that faith is uh, an essential key for a relationship with God we also understand that faith is something that gets us through difficult seasons Faith is something that that helps us see into the unseen. For the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Where when I have faith, I I know how to hope, and when I have faith, I can tap into the unseen. Faith gives us another drive. It gives us another perspective. It gives us hope. That what we cannot see can be if we just believe and have patience and wait on God. But what faith does not do is that faith does not, um, faith does not exempt us from disappointment. And if any, if you are a believer, you know that having faith comes with discipline let me say that another way disappointment comes with having faith you will be disappointed on your journey with God you will be disappointed in your relationship with God you will be disappointed the more you walk out your relationship with God why because we understand that our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts and our plans are not his plans God has a different plan for us than than the plan that we have for ourselves we have this plan that we're going to do this by this age and we're going to be this by this age we're going to live here by this age but that doesn't always happen and that is where disappointment comes in. Sometimes we are disappointed when a relationship does not work out. We're disappointed if we don't get a certain job or we're disappointed that we don't um, get called to do something that we always wanted to do. Disappointment will always be there. And because we have faith, we think that we can avoid disappointment. But the thing is that disappointment comes and it comes to even the strongest of those who have faith disappointment came to job job literally said in his book the thing that i feared the most has come upon me job was somebody who he was one of the richest men alive he had everything that you could think of he had the wife he had all the kids he had all the cattle he had the big house he had all of that and the one thing that job feared was losing everything that he had and guess what what he feared the most as he says came up upon him and job was left sitting on his sick deathbed saying basically i'm disappointed because what i what i fear the most has come up upon me just because i have faith does not mean that i am not fearful of some things yes i believe in god yes i believe that he can do the impossible yes i believe that he protect me but deep down inside i am still human and deep down inside i still have fears i try not to think about those fears but sometimes i can i i can't get i can't go without thinking about those fears even though i have faith i was reading um this one book called unf yourself and it talks about that it talks about how our minds are wired to um win essentially and even in the negative because we 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 think so negatively our minds focus on the negative and our minds seek to find the negative that we are thinking of so for an example say if you're uh talking to somebody 
that's an easy example we can use. You always think like this person ain't um ain't nothing. It's another word that y'all be using, but I ain't gonna say it. You always think this person ain't nothing. You're always going to it since you're thinking that in your mind, you're looking for all the ain't nothing ways that this person is and you're going to wire your yourself to win at finding out how this person is not nothing. Joe feared that he will lose everything that he had only to find himself and he ended up finding himself losing everything that he had because he wired himself he conditioned himself to think about that think about that job had everything he should have been satisfied but in the back of his mind disappointment was lurking in the back of his mind the fear of disappointment the fear of losing it all the fear of thinking that man this can all be gone in the blinking of eye came upon him. And I'm not I'm not really saying that that's what Joe was thinking every day every day, but he said it himself. What I feared the most has come upon me. And there Job was sitting in disappointment to the point that he wanted to die, to the point that he wanted to end it all. But he couldn't. He couldn't he couldn't re, he couldn't kill himself. He couldn't curse God and die. He couldn't do none of that. But he asked God, God, can you take this or what can you take me out of this life? I'm I'm over it. I don't want to be here no more. Job feared so much that he wanted to die. But he was the only one that dealt with that. I I, I I can personally say I feel what Job feel and just like Job, Elijah dealt with that same pain. He dealt with that same exact issue. So we pick up this story in first Kings chapter nineteen. And and really to understand first Kings chapter nineteen, you have to go back and look at first Kings eighteen. So I'm gonna break it down for y'all real quick, all right? In first Kings eighteen Elijah had gone up against 450 prophets. And when he has, when he goes up against these 450 prophets, uh, he is trying to essentially prove that the false, the God that they serve is false. So these 450 prophets, they worship Baal. And you know that Baal is a false God. Baal is not a real God. Elijah, he worship, he worships God. And he, um, he sets up uh, a challenge to see whose God is going to come up and perform. And they accept the challenge. So Elijah says, you get your sacrifice in your wood, and I'm going to get my sacrifice in my wood, and we're going to make the altar for the sacrifice. We're going to place the wood, but we're not going to set the fire. We're going to call on our God and see and whoever God's answers by fire is essentially the true and living God. Now, what I like about Elijah is that he know he already knew that um he already knew that god uh fire my bad was a representation of god he already knew that if we look at the story of moses when moses has the encounter with god and god is seen as in this burning bush moses sees this burning bush this bush was on fire but this bush was not consumed that was a representation of god fire is a representation of god so elijah he already knows like my god he's going to show up by fire because fires are a, a representation of him so he already knows so elijah he's smooth with it but they go ahead right and he allows the uh 450 babylon babylonians to go uh ahead and call on their god i don't think they i don't know why i said babylonians 450 prophets i don't know if they they worship Baal. 
So he goes on and he allows them to um, call on their God to see if their God is going to come and show up. So they just spend all day, all day calling on this false God. He never shows up. What I love about Elijah, because I see myself in Elijah, Elijah's mocking him. Elijah's st- standing there and mo- mocking him. Where your God? Why he ain't showing up? Maybe you should shout a little louder. Maybe you should dance a little. Like he, he just he he mocking him. I I love that. I I I totally love that because me, I'm a competitive person, and one of the things I like to do is I like to troll. I'm a troller. I'm like a pet dev or a Lent Stevenson type of person. If you don't know about basketball, you wouldn't know who those is. Go look them up. But I'm like one of them. I'm a troller. I, I like to troll and stuff. I like to do stuff like that. So I'm laughing while I'm reading the story about Elijah trolling them. So their God never shows up. Like they, the bell never shows up. So Elijah said, move out the way. It's my turn. Elijah, he goes ahead and God shows up. He calls on God. God shows up. He ends up. He, so after that, he kills the 450 false prophets. Right. So in chapter 18, Elijah experienced victory. He experiences victory. But at the beginning of chapter 19, Elijah experienced disappointment. Why did he experience disappointment? Let's look at it. In verse one. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And Jezebel does not respond with the reaction that she should have responded. Imagine you worshiping a false god, right? And you just heard that it proved to be wrong that your god that you essentially was worshiping was not true. You would think that that would cause a person to go and worship the other god. But it didn't. Jezebel responds in verse two by saying, "So let the gods, which is crazy, because yo, your gods not your gods are not real. Let your gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as one of them." And the one of them that she is talking about is the four hundred fifty prophets. So she is essentially saying, "Yo, if I don't kill you like you killed them, I pray that the gods do to me what I should have done to you." But the whole thing about it is. Your God's not real. But anyway, she responds like that. And when Elijah saw that, he arose and ran for, for his life. Now, when I first look at this scripture and when I first analyzed this story, instantly in verse three, I said Elijah was afraid. Elijah was fearful. Elijah ran because he was afraid to lose his life. But when I got to verse four and I read it, after Elijah went on a day's journey, he prayed saying, he prayed that he might die. Like Elijah prayed, kill me, take me out, Lord. He says, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. And in NIV version, he says, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life for I am no better than my ancestors. So we see two reasons why Elijah ran. The first reason Elijah ran because he was tired. He was sick and tired of trying. Elijah had just won the victory. He had just did all this work just for it to amount to nothing. Also, he felt like he was no better than the people that came before. And then it 
as I read that part, I said, mm, that's good. When we are faced with disappointment, disappointment does two things to us. Disappointment tires us out, and disappointment also makes us feel like we're not enough. Elijah was tired, but he also felt like he was not enough. And both of those reasons together made Elijah want to die. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever felt like, have you ever dealt with disappointment to the point where you were just sick and tired? And you also felt like you was not enough. Like you didn't, you, you was doing all of this for everybody. You was helping everybody. You were there for everybody. You was loving on somebody. You was giving a person your all only for them to turn around and backstab you. And it made you feel like you was not enough. You was caring in, for somebody and, and, and you was motivating people and you were you were helping others only for all of your help to amount to nothing because that person did not want to change. So you did all of that and now you're sitting here drained because you put all your energy into this person just for this person to be stuck in the same cycle. I know somebody who, who told me a story about how they were there for somebody and they was uh, always um, always motivating them, always trying to encourage them, always trying to pick them up when they were down. But it got to a point where they were they were too much into it that they started experiencing secondhand trauma from it to the point where they said, I had to back away. I have to back away from this person because I feel like I'm taking on this person's issues now. They got tired. They got to the point where it's like, what is the point of me trying to help if this person is going to continue to go down this road? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been tired after you gave it your all, but nothing seemed to change? Nothing seems to get better. Nothing seems to be right to the point where you question, am I even enough? I've questioned myself, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I've questioned myself before dealing with people and dealing with somebody doing all the right things for these people, but yet it seems like they wasn't even acknowledging it. It seems like they wasn't accepting of it. It seems like they still did not want to do nothing, have nothing to do with me, and it made me feel like I was not enough. I've been in that at that place and in that moment where I encouraged somebody, where I gave somebody revelation and instead of them taking that revelation and saying that's good and I actually needed that, they looked at me and said that hurt my feelings. But then they turned around and got the same revelation for somebody else and then they received that revelation saying that's good. But it's like, yo, I just said the same thing and it made me feel like I was not enough. I remember being in those moments where I was doing all that I could for God. But still, there was no change. And it made me feel like I was not enough. That's what disappointment does to you. When you put all your hope into it, when you pull all your faith into it, when you pull all your energy into it, when you pull put all your expectations into it, and you still get the short end of the stick, you will feel like you are not enough. Elijah, he is at that point. He has tried all that he could do. He has tried to change their minds. He has tried to do what it was right. He has tried to persuade them that this is the true and living God. He has even proved that God is real and that the false gods are false gods. They are what they are. They are not real. They are not true. It's a waste of time. But still, these children of Israel, as he describes in verse um, 10, these children of Israel, Israel's still don't believe and they are seeking to take his life. 
he says, God, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, but yet they still seek to take my life. I know this pain. I know this pain that Elijah is feeling, and it's a pain that only passionate people will understand. It is a pain that only passionate people will get. This pain is birthed from the place of hope. He hoped that when he proved that these false gods were not true, that all these people would come to to worship God, but they didn't. He hoped that he could change the minds of all these people, but they didn't. Only passionate people will understand this hurt. It's having the expectations bar set so high, but the reaction was so low. Mm. It's believing that God was going to do the exceedingly abundantly and above what I ask or think of. But yet I got the opposite. It was walking in that faith, walking in an expectation that it was going to turn around for me. But it seems like it's working against me still. I know that pain. I know what Elijah is dealing with in this moment. And I realize that at some time, sometimes it's just easier to do what Elijah did. It's easier to run away and go lay down than continue to try. I don't know if I said it last on the last episode, but when I was depressed, one of the best things that I loved to do was go and lay down and take a nap. I knew that when I was depressed those days, listen, I knew I was going to get me some good sleep. Like, I just knew it was going to be a good night rest of sleep for me because, whoo, but I don't want to go back to being that depressed, even though that's when I got the best sleep ever. But anyway, <laughs> it was so it's, it, I, I, I see why Elijah went to go lay down because that was the best thing to do in that moment. It's like I should just give it up. What's the whole point? They're not listening. They're not going to pay attention to me. But what God was showing me when I was reading this is that everybody is not going to receive you. Just because everybody don't receive your gift, just because everybody don't receive you, just because that person does not receive your love does not mean that you are enough. It is not a problem with you. It is just a problem with them. And just because they have a problem, don't put that on yourself and think that you are the problem. You were doing what God told you to do. You were doing everything that you were called to do. And just because it did not work out does not mean that you are not enough. You sowed the good seed of faith and you will reap it one day. You just ain't going to reap it with them because they can't receive you. They are not where your soil, where your seed is supposed to be planted at. They are not good soil. They do not have the good soil soil inside of their hearts to receive your type of seed so that's okay but do not get down on yourself just because people don't receive you just because they don't receive your gift just because they don't pay attention to you just because they don't listen to you don't give up on yourself just because of them it's their fault it's not your fault it's their mistake it's not your mistake it's them making a foolish decision it's not you being foolish you are enough stop letting the reactions of people dictate 
who you are. My God, that's good. Stop letting the actions of people dictate who you are. You are not you are not who you are by the reactions. You are who God called you to be. And you have to learn how to do it anyway. You have to learn how to do it when when they criticize you. Do it when they don't listen to you. Do it when they're not receiving you. Do it when they not they not taking in what you are telling them. Do it even though you know they don't love you back. You have to learn how to sometimes continue to do it because God has called you to do that. Do you not know that what you sow in tears you will reap in, reap in joy? Do you not know that what you sow you shall reap? So you are sowing good seeds. So you're going to reap a good harvest just because they don't receive it does not mean you stop sowing. Does not mean you stop planting the seeds. It means that you continue to do it because you're not even doing it for them. You're doing it for God. Every single thing that we do, we do it to glorify God, our Father in heaven, not for people. I didn't come here to please people. I came here to please God. And that's where we go crazy at when we find ourselves trying to please people instead of trying to please God. And that's where we find ourselves not feeling like enough when we find ourselves trying to please people and not trying to please God. God is easily pleased. He is a God that says, if you just follow my ways, do what I do and say what I say, I'm pleased with that. But when you get caught up in trying to please human beings, that's where you run into your problems because the human mind is crazy. Feelings are feelings are fickle. They change every moment, every instant, by every event and by every situation. They are not always going to be the same. You are running yourself dry trying to be a people's pleaser and that's where passionate people that's where we go wrong at some at sometimes we are so passionate about doing what it is that we are called to do that sometimes we run into the problem of being a people's pleaser and i came here to let you know that you have to stop trying to please people because while you are trying to please people it is running you to tiredness stop trying to please them Stop trying to please the people who are never going to listen to you. Don't do it for people, but do it for God. I'm in this not for them, but I'm in this for God. Yes, I'm going to use my gift to serve people, but I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing this for God. Elijah. Elijah caught himself in the middle of disappointment and he went and he slept but what I love is that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the middle of his disappointment and and the angel of the Lord to him gave him something to eat so Elijah he ate and he drank and he lay down again then the angel of the Lord came back the second time it touched him and said, eat, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and drank again. And he went in that strength and he went in, in the strength of that, for, of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as the mountain of God. All Elijah had was some cake, y'all. And he went in that strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. What if I told you that? What you have is enough. 
the reason why you feel like you're not enough is because you you're looking at what you have, what you have, and you think that's not enough. So you feel like you're not enough. But what if I told you that little that you have is enough? My bishop just preached about this. The crumbs has to be enough for you. The little has to be enough. To what seems small to you is enough to God. Mm. What seems little to you is enough to God. Don't despise the small beginning beginnings the bible says what is small to you is god is is god looking down saying that's enough and he's smiling down on that the little baby step you took that's enough the little business that you started that's enough the little five minute uh uh poetry that you did that's enough the 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 the, the, the little that you are standing in it's god saying yeah yeah my son yeah my daughter that's enough and that is the strength that you can go in for a long period of time if you stop looking at it as a little but you start looking at it as enough so he went in that strength for 40 days and for 40 nights and then he went into a cave and he spent the night in that place and behold the word of the lord came to elijah and said to him what are you doing here elijah so in verse 10 elijah i'm sorry i just did that y'all my throat is like itching. give me one second so he said i have been very zealous for the lord god of hosts for the children of israel has forsaken your covenant tore down your altars and killed your prophet with the sword i alone am left and they seek to take my life in verse 11 god responds to his disappointment by telling him that by by showing him something i want y'all to pay attention to this give me one second he in verse 11 tells elijah to go out and stand on the mountain and behold the lord passed by pay attention to this y'all and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces But the, before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Remember, I told you that the fire represents the presence of God. So it's easy. It would could have been easy for Elijah to say, oh, that's the Lord right there. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a small, still voice. And so when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him again and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? God asks Elijah twice, why are you here? And twice, Elijah tells him his frustration. Elijah was in a place that he was never supposed to be in. Where has disappointment led you to? Where has disappointment led you to? Where is your hair that you are not supposed to be at? Where is that place that you know you hear the Holy Spirit saying, why you keep going there? Why you keep dealing with those people? Why in the world are you are you doing that? I didn't call you to go there. I didn't tell you to go there. Who told you to go there? But because we have got so caught up in listening to the disappointment, we're in foolish places 
that we know we are not supposed to be at? Where is the here that you are at that you know that God is saying you shouldn't be here? What places are you going to that as you are driving here, you hear the Holy Spirit say, turn around, go back, don't go there, don't do that. Where has disappointment led you to? Where has disappointment taken you? So after Elijah voiced his frustration to the Lord a second time, I'm, we're going to close on this. Watch this, y'all. Eli, uh, the Lord told Elijah in verse 15, he says, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Demarcus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazel, and I hope I'm saying his name right, as king over Syria. Also, you will uh, anoint J, and I'm saying J for short because I can't pronounce that, as king over Israel. Elijah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. God, I love God for this, right? Because this shows us what God will do for us. Elijah was disappointed. Elijah voices his frustration. And God responds to his disappointment and his frustration. A lot of times when we pray, a lot of times when we call on God, a lot of times when we voice our frustrations to God, we don't give God time to respond. But I'm here to tell you today that God wants to respond to your disappointment. God is ready to respond to your disappointment. But will you sit in your disappointment and not listen to God or will you give him the opportunity to respond? If I'm honest, I've been disappointed to the point where I don't even want to talk to God or I ain't trying to hear what God got to say, where God is telling me something. I'm saying, no, I'm cool on that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to deal with that. No, get somebody else to do it. Because I was so disappointed, because I was so frustrated, I decided to run into a cave where I'm all isolated and I'm by myself. And when I hear the voice of God, I ain't coming out. When I hear the voice of God, I ain't worrying about that. When I hear the voice of God, I'm turning the other cheek because I don't want to talk right now. Because why, God? Why did this have to happen to me? Why did I have to go through this? I was trying to do good. I was trying to do right. I was trying to do the right thing. Why in the world did this happen? But what I realized is that if I give God the opportunity to respond, I will see that all things were just working for my good. Everything even the disappointment was showing me that it was a part of God's plan. Disappointment should not set us back, but disappointment should set us up to see who God really is. Disappointment is needed in our walk with Christ. Let me say that again. Disappointment is needed with our walk with Christ because it is in the disappointment that we see a characteristic of who God is. It is in the disappointment that we see his word be revealed to us. Why would in the world would the Bible say no word returns unto me void if we were never going to be in a position where we had to think, well, mm, is God's word not going to come true? That had to, God put that in scripture because he, would, he knew that it was going to be a point in our life where we were going to see a situation and we was going to say that this does not look like the word that God gave me. He knew that we were going to see a situation where we were going to be disappointed. This is not the plan that God told me. 
This is not how God said this was going to happen. Why is this happening? And we needed that to happen so that we could see God's faithfulness, so we could see God be the deliverer that he is, so we can see God make a way out of no way, so that we can see God do the impossible, That so that we can see God do abundantly and above what we can ask or think of, so that we can see God show up and show out. Disappointment brings me into understanding more of who God is. So he told he tells Elijah to go back, return your way. Don't run from the disappointment. Face the disappointment. Don't run from what happened. Go back. Return your way. And watch me do this. Watch me do what I do best. You th- Elijah, he says, I I alone am left. He thought that he was the only one that was zealous for the Lord. He said, I am alone and left. But what Elijah did not know that God had three other people who was just like Elijah. Your disappointment has caused you to go blind. Oh, my God. Woo. Glory. Jesus. Your disappointment has caused you to go blind. Your disappointment has caused you to think that you're the only one. But maybe you're not. There's people elsewhere that is doing the same thing that you are doing and that is passionate about it. And if you just continue to walk, if you just continue to go, God will take you to people who is just as passionate as you are. God is trying to connect you with the people who has the same energy as you, who has the same, what we like to call vibe as you. But because you are so disappointed, you haven't seen it yet. But what if I told you that it's time to get back up and it's time to return your way, return to the passionate you, return to the dedicated you, return to the you that loves everybody, return to the you that gives, return to the you that cares, return to the you that was so open, return to the you that you know brings the good vibes, return to that you. Look past the disappointment. Forget everything else. Forget what happened in the past. What happened in the past, you cannot undo. But what you can do is focus on the future because God is doing a new thing. Focus on that. Return to that you. And watch God set people in your, in, in, on your team, in your circle that are just like you. Do not let disappointment blind you to the fact that God is still God and that he can make ways out of no ways and that he can do what you thought that he was never going to do. Don't let disappointment blind you to that. Don't, 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 don't let disappointment hold you back from the blessings of God there it is so many of us we have allowed disappointment to hold us back from the blessings of God and I think that it's time that we stop it's it's time to stop disappointment does not have the final say God does and God says listen I'm standing here and I'm holding this blessing I'm standing here and I'm holding what you've always longed for, what you always wanted. But I need you to give me your disappointment. I need you to give me what has been bothering you. I need you to release what it is that has been hurting you. Can you release that today? Can you let go? Because God wants to give you something. 
that is greater than your disappointment. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that even in our disappointment, you still prove to be God. Even in our trials, you still prove to be the God who can help us to overcome, who can help us to get to that place that we want to be. God, I'm, I, I, I want to repent. I'm sorry that I, I had to do this twice now. I'm sorry that the last podcast, uh, the last episode got deleted, deleted, but I pray that this podcast still blesses somebody. I don't remember everything that we, I said yesterday, but God, I still know that this podcast is, is going to be good. And yes, I'm disappointed about yesterday, but I'm glad that I still showed up today and I still did this. And I pray that somebody can still do it despite of the disappointment that they feel, despite of the pain that they are feeling now. I pray that they will go back, they will return their way to that place that they came. And they will look beyond the disappointment and trust in you. Let disappointment not have the final say, but I pray that we will stand in the victory of God allow you to have your way we love you lord we honor you repent of all our sins in jesus name amen and amen listen leave a review if you can can you please just take the time to leave a review give me some stars let me know how much you are liking this podcast and I thank you for taking the time to listen to this and i will see you next time on grabbing my podcast also i'm going to i got a new i'm getting some guests on the show so we're going to turn up. We're going to start having guests on the show. But like I said, leave a review, like, and subscribe. God bless you. And I'll see you next time on Grabbing My Sword.